Is that better? Ah, there we go. There we go. Well, it's nice to be with you this morning. As most of you know, I'm Pastor Kay, and I fill in for Alex on his four Sundays of vacation every year. So, guess what? He's on vacation today. Well, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. At the end of the year, in 2016, a group did a survey of over a thousand people regarding their 2016 New Year's resolutions. They asked people, had they made any resolutions? Two questions, basically. Had they made any resolutions? And had, how had those resolution, re, resolutions gone? 44% reported making a serious or semi-serious resolution, not just a, you know, some throwaway thing because you had to say something because somebody said, did you make any New Year's resolutions? Well, you know. But when it came to reporting how many of them had had success in keeping those resolutions, 9%. Other surveys, similar surveys conducted in other years got similar results. Now, that's quite a contrast. The, oh, there was, there was a group that also surveyed people at the beginning of the year about how confident they were that they would be successful with their New Year's resolutions. And the expectation of success among those who had made resolutions was somewhere close to 60%. That's quite a contrast from the 9% who had, at the end of a year said, yes, I succeeded. Why such a low success rate? Because I don't know how many of you are even among the 44, roughly 44% or, that even bother to make them anymore. A lot of people don't because, well, I never keep them. Um, so why such a low success rate? Well, I think one of the reasons is that a lot of times when we are thinking about New Year's resolutions, we start thinking in terms of something that we're going to will ourselves to do in the coming year. I'm going to do this even if I have to tough it out. I will no longer hoard peppermint ice cream from Christmas so that I have enough to last until July. I will stop drinking 18 cups of coffee a day. I, I will get up early every day to exercise. I will do it. And we kind of tend to go it alone. 
because we don't really want anybody to know that we said we were going to do it and then fail. And given that a 9% success rate, there's a pretty good chance that we might. But studies have shown that having support when we are trying to do something new in our lives, whether it's because we're dealing with something that's happened and we want to move past it, or whether we've got a vision of something we want to do, having support makes a real difference. That's the reason support groups are so important in our culture. Or, as another term we hear sometimes, are having an accountability apart. A partner, somebody who will ask you intentionally how you're doing with this, how's it going, to kind of help keep you on track, keep you focused. I tried that with a couple of people a couple of times. They said, oh, sure, I'll be your accountability partner, and then they never asked me another thing. <laughs> I said, aren't you going to ask me how I'm doing? <laughs> but uh, we're not real good at that. But encouragement and guidance from people who have been there, wherever it is we've been or wherever it is we're trying to go, makes a big difference. I know, having cancer, much as I did not enjoy that at all, has made me a better pastor. Because now, since that experience, I mean, I was compassionate. I tried to do my best, encouraging people and supporting people who were going through cancer treatment before I had it. But I hadn't been where they were. I appreciated on many levels, especially because I looked up all the medical stuff all the time, what they were experiencing, but I did not know. But it changed once I went through it. Now, I never thank God for giving me cancer, but I do thank God that having gotten cancer I was able to become a better pastor to those in the congregation and in the community who are experiencing that. Having the support of someone who's been there, and I had the support of people who had been there when I was going through it, makes a huge difference. But what really helps us move to that newness of life that Christ is holding out to us every day, not just on Christmas Day, not just on Easter, but every day, and, and not just on New Year's Day, the new possibilities for our lives in finding new meaning and new purpose even in the midst of difficulties 
the real thing that makes the difference, that helps us move forward, that helps us have not a, have much more than a 9% success rate in becoming more of who God wants us to be and who in the deep recesses of ourselves we want to be. The real thing that makes a difference is love. God's love for us and our love for each other. When I was still pretty much a wet behind the ears pastor as the associate pastor at the first church after my ordination in Lake Oswego, Oregon, there was a man in the church who was a very respected businessman, very successful, a leader in the church, a leader in the community too. And he had a problem that nobody knew about, except maybe his family. And they didn't talk about it. He was one of those people who didn't drink during the day, but once the day's activities were over, he drank, and he drank too much. Well, one day, he had to go pick up his two daughters from some school activity in the evening. And he had already uh, commenced his usual evening activity. And on the way home, they had a very, very close call. And it shook him up. He came to talk to me in the next day or two, and he told me what had happened. And he said, that moment I realized I had to do something. Something had to change because I almost hurt two of the most precious people in the world to me, my daughters. And I helped him find some resources and get him involved in them. And his life changed. Not because he quit drinking. Not because of what I said, but because he was motivated by the love he had for his two daughters. He realized he he had put them at serious risk. Love motivates change. Our love for others, but also God's love for us. I mentioned earlier that having the help of someone who's been there, who's experienced the kinds of things we're experiencing or go through can be a tremendous support. Jesus, whose birth we just celebrated, 
We celebrate it every year because it was such a significant event. Just like all of our births were significant to at least some groups of people, the birth of Jesus was significant to the whole world. And it's life-changing because he brought God's love to us in a way that said God is not somewhere off in the distance and doesn't understand. He came and he became one of us. My favorite scripture verse is from the second chapter. Well, it's verses of Philippians. And I'm going to read you just the first eight verses. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the spirit, any sympathy, complete my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united and agreeing with one another. Don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility, think of others as better than yourselves. Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is good for others. Adopt the attitude that was in Jesus Christ. Though he was God, he did not consider being equal to God something to exploit, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant and becoming a human being. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The scriptures tell us that Jesus let go of all the protective barriers of, that come with being God that keep pain and sorrow and difficulty away and rather embrace them. Knowing so that he might speak to us and teach us how to be the people we want to be and God wants it to be by being one of us and at the same time, being that. And he was willing to do that, even though he knew that opposition to what he was teaching and doing would lead him to suffer for our sakes. On Christmas Day, we celebrate the birth of the one who is expected, who the world had been waiting for. Think of Simeon, who was waiting to see the fulfillment of that promise. And there at the temple saying, God, I'm ready now because I have seen that which will change the world. I recognize in this child the one who can make us new. And likewise, Anna, the widow, 
who as soon as she saw the child began to tell everyone, here he is, we've been waiting for him. But we don't have to wait for him. I mean, we, we, we wait in a sense during Advent because we need to remind ourselves of our need. But the truth is that every day, every day, he's with us. He is there to help us to find new life and new possibility to become more fully the people we want to be and God wants us to be. And to know that we are able to do that not only because there are people that we love, not only that we love God, but because God loves us and loved us enough to walk through life with us. This is the good news of Christmas. That Christ is present in our lives, enabling us to every day become new or newer, a little shinier. I remember there was a period of time where in the neighborhood I lived, there was a, a church that had people door knocking and, and going around and try. I mean, one Sunday when I was, I was one uh, Holy Saturday, when I was preaching the next day on Easter, I had this group of people come to my door from this church, and this is a little sideline, but, side but they were inviting me to come to church. And when I said, well, I appreciated their invitation, and I wished them a happy Easter, but I couldn't come. And they said, well, why not? And I said, well, because I'm preaching at another church tomorrow. Went right over their heads. Uh, well, you can come anyway. <laughs> No, I said, no, I have some responsibilities at, at, at my church tomorrow. Well, get somebody else to do it. <laughs> I laughed. Yeah. Hi, it's uh, Saturday afternoon. How would you like to give the sermon tomorrow because I'm going to another church? Oh, no, not going to work. Finally, I just had to excuse myself. But people from this church also were around the neighborhood a lot and out and about and had the habit of coming up and asking people, uh, have you been born again? And... Uh, I had heard that question quite frequently at a certain period of time. Uh, I'm not sure they were all members of that church, but I kept hearing that question. And I know what they meant by it. And finally, I figured out what my answer was. And I just looked at them and I said, yes, every day. Because every day is a new beginning in Christ. So, let us rejoice that it's not just New Year's Day, it's not just Christmas, it's not just Easter, but every day is a new beginning. And let us sing, this is a day of new beginnings. <laughs>